this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney Insights podcast. Well, greetings, programs. That's a little bit of Tron talk. The response to Tron Light Cycle Run in the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World has been very strong, phenomenal even. Guests love the thrill experience, and comparisons are constantly made between it and the new Guardian of the Galaxy Cosmic Rerun. But there's more than just the ride at the center of this attraction. We look at new food and beverage concoctions made available at Energy Bites. We visit the newly renovated Tomorrowland Launch Depot and check out an amazing array of retail experiences. And finally, we meet the Tron Green Team, a post-show provided by sponsor Enterprise Holdings, you know, Enterprise Rental Car. We hear we have a chance to talk about some key dynamics in team leadership. Whether you're an Imagineer, part of a car rental organization, or your own work. So with that, we'll offer some free souvenirs for your organization as you think about team dynamics. So join us as we go beyond the ride to look and extend the Tron story at the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. This podcast, as well as others, are brought to you by Performance Journeys, celebrating its 20th year as a training and development group, bringing best-in-business ideas through keynotes, workshops, seminars, and benchmarking programs. Programs that are brought to the public, private, and nonprofit sectors. If you're seeking to improve customer delivery to re-engage the morale or teamwork in your workforce, or to improve the leadership of your organization, we offer great solutions tried and tested. In fact, we benchmark. This is what we're going to do in the latter half of this podcast. We're going to do a little benchmarking with the concepts around team building and team dynamics. So without further ado, make sure you also check out DisneyInsights.com where we have a number of images and uh, links that support today's podcast. We're going to check it out because it kind of give you an idea of the things that we're going to talk about. So without further ado, Let's go into it. Let's start with the, uh, well, I've got an appetite already. So let's start start with Energy Bites, which is this nice little looking kiosk somewhat toward the entrance of Tron. And in fact, it's almost easy to miss as you come in, come go, probably because the Tron light cycle is coming through, the canopy, the color of everything. It just takes your attention away. That's easy to forget that there's actually a little kiosk that's tied to the Tron experience. I've had a chance to go there a couple of times and try out a number of concoctions that they have available. The Let me talk about the first of them, which is a series, uh, two sets of, or two kinds of dumplings. The first is beef and broccoli digital dumplings with broccoli pesto, crispy garlic, and a ginger soy broth. That runs for $8.79. And the second is buffalo chicken digital dumplings with celery, dehydrated blue cheese, and cayenne pepper broth. $8.49. I was really excited about this because I like dumplings and I thought it was kind of perfect and unique to the Tron setting. So I, I really looked forward to trying both of these. I thought in terms of the beef and broccoli that it kind of separated out and it just felt like uh, a little bit of dough had been wrapped around some meatballs. 
And um, while the taste was fine, it just kind of fell apart. Meanwhile, I thought the, the buffalo chicken dumplings had, um, had quite a kick to the taste. Not too much, but it was just very different. Different that you want to try it before you get on Tron? I'm not so sure. What you're probably going to need to go with it is the watermelon refresher with yuzu citrus, ginger, and popping candies. That came out to $5.99. It, is, it looks beautiful. It's in this slender plastic glass. Um, you can see the popping candies on top, and it's got a little bit of a kick of its own too. But it's, it's a cool kick as opposed to the hot kick of the, um, of the uh, buffalo chicken dumpling. So I like the combination of the two. My only complaint about the watermelon refresher is it seemed a little small and you didn't get a lot of it. Also, you're going to need a straw to, to really take. It's more of a slushy and a firm one at that than it is, say, a drink per se. They also offer bottled water and Coca-Cola products. Surprisingly here, they are not fountain drinks. They are bottled drinks and um, they run at the typical um prices of 479 375 around that around that price um going with all of this and helping to kind of round out the selection are two different kinds of well um snack uh, uh fun snacks the first are chocolate cake donut holes with a mocha sauce which had a caramelized uh taste to it there were a lot of these donut holes i want to say like well Actually, going back to my image of it that I took a picture of it, there were five of those donut holes. And um, it um, it was very filling. In fact, that's a very shareable treat. Um, at $5.79, I thought you were getting the money's worth. I thought the dumplings were maybe just a little too expensive. I was really excited about the strawberry isoform with ice cream mochi caramelized graham cracker crumbs and cheesecake foam that went for $5.29. This is a really yummy dessert, particularly in hot weather. That wasn't necessarily the case the day I visited. And I really love anything with mochi. Um, hadn't really done though much in terms of an ice cream mochi and would have really liked just a traditional mochi type dessert. That would have been really cool. One of the fun things that people will tell you about when they go to Tokyo Disney Resort is um, different mochi treats that are available there and are a lot of fun to eat. Still, at um, 529 not a bad, not a bad, um, uh, and by the way, these were fairly beautiful um, as opposed to the dumplings, which kind of looked a little... Mm, weird. These were beautifully uh, presented, uh, both of these desserts. So um, very unique desserts. And if you're looking for something a little different from um, chicken tenders and cheeseburgers next door at Cosmic Rays, this may be your best bet in this little corner. I know a lot of people um, line up for the spring rolls over in Adventureland um, and uh, I would say this is a whole lot better and a whole lot more interesting than this. And it rounds out the whole Tron experience, which I think is a lot of fun because it's almost like we're in a whole different, a whole nother district, whole nother land that is a part of Tomorrowland. Speaking of Tomorrowland, let's take our attention to the Tomorrowland Launch Depot. Probably 
Uh, you'll remember this building because it was the place you came through as you exited Space Mountain previously. It has been rethemed. The clock, there's still a clock presentation. Um, so, but it's not a power, uh, power company, power supply company, energy plant kind of thing theme like they did before. Um, this is, um, I love the sign in the front of it because while you see familiar icons like Space Mountain or the Astro Orbiter, and you even see the new Tomorrowland kind of, um, uh, how do you describe that circular entrance you go underneath when you come into the park? They still, they also offer on this same diagram images from uh, rocket jets when, uh, or astro jets, when there used to be a rocket in the middle of Rocket Tower Plaza uh, that looked like a Saturn V rocket and two towers that kind of represent uh, the original Tomorrowland entrance. So I kind of like the homage um, to what was um, to the old days as well as to what is currently there. Now I have to say that Space Mountain is still a um, this is still the exit point for Space Mountain and you recall in well you call, recall in recent times yeah, they've had some really interesting Tomorrowland merchandise even Space Mountain merchandise that's been available. None of that was presented. Don't worry. I think it's because of the excitement of Tron. Everything represent, and there was a lot to be represented in Tron there. It was pretty astonishing how much different merchandise. And by the way, uh, I, I just have to say before I go into how impressive it was, if you go way back in this exhibit, you'll remember that off to the side toward the rear, there used to be a big arcade. In fact, I think they must have taken a lot of the arcade games from the old contemporary when they created the Wave Restaurant and moved them over here. But there used to be, and, and what's ironic about that, of course, is that Tron is an arcade game. Or the, you know, there are several versions of that arcade game. It would have been fun if they had actually created a Tron arcade as part of that. I thought that was a kind of a missing opportunity. I think that a lot of people would have tried their hand at uh, so that was a little disappointing that that wasn't there. But notwithstanding, I have to say, very impressive products all lined up here at the um, at the Tomorrowland Launch Depot. Uh, by the, I should say, um, in comparison to Shanghai and their Tron experience, they had almost it. It was barely a store. It was more of an outdoor kiosk. And it wasn't very large. They did have some interesting merchandise in it. A lot of uh, Mickey and Goofy and the gang dressed up in Tron. That was kind of interesting. Here you see a variety of products, light-up products, um, or glowware-style products. Um, there's, um, there are drink containers, uh, die-cast vehicle, uh, vehicles that are available, picture frames, cross-body bags, um, lots of different items that um, either glowed up or or lit up in some way. They had a lot of apparel that included jackets that also lit up and had reflectivity to them, and a lot of them uh, connected with sports apparel. So you got a sense of a lot of sports apparel, which was interesting because 
uh, Enterprise also runs the Ron Disney program. So that was a nice little tie, very subtle tie that most people probably wouldn't make the connection of. But I thought I thought it was interesting. I have lots of lots of different kinds of merchandise, lights and sound. Um, there was a light and sound helmet with a carrying bag. Uh, there were light up handlebars that allowed you to do gameplay against others or use in an arena type situation as you play with others. Uh, there were classic merchandise um, that um, harkened back to the original characters, including things like frisbee as a, di a frisbee as a disc and um, action figures that actually lit up and so forth. Lots of great classic merchandise. The big uh, centerpiece or perhaps the focal point of this retail outlet is what's known as the Tron Identity Program. This is where users like you will become programs. And what they do is they have, it's kind of in two phases. You go through what's called the Capture Program, where you step inside these kind of what I would, might call them booths for lack of a better term, like a telephone booth, but very um, state-of-the-art, very Tron-looking. And in there, you have your face digitized. Um, it's, it's actually called a digitization portal. Here, they're going to digitize your face. You're going to be able to choose helmets, um, different body um, armor types. You get to choose certain phrases. Um, and you actually choose a particular color for your figure. And then about an hour later, you receive your final figure. This was about 80, 80, 85, $90, somewhere in that neighborhood. You come back to a place called the Extraction Portal. And I have images of all this in uh, DisneyInsights.com. And at the Extraction Program, you, are, you receive your final figure. So if you kind of think a little bit about the figures that were created um, in Pandora's um, uh, retail uh, outlet. It's kind of that same computerized imagery and so forth. It's that same kind of thing, but brought to the world of Tron. Um, each of these figures, and, and again, the, your figure um, lights up. By the way, it's, uh, it's presented to you. Very clever, very cute. It's presented in this... Um, arcade style packaging so it looks like you're at w one of these video arcade um things but it's just a small representation of video arcade game um and then inside each of these figures is an identity chip that you get will build out in the capture program you can buy different uh identity chips but this is going to have particular color it's going to have a uh, different phrase you've given it it's going to have um, it's going to have different things that customize it and make, you own, make it your own. And then uh, there are two other products similarly priced up in that 80, 90 price range. And that chip, if you add it to an identity disc, and remember everybody in Tron kind of wears these discs on the back of them. Well, you get an identity disc, which when you put the chip in it, it lights up, it creates sounds that you've, you've chosen, and it serves as actually uh, um, a player with a speaker that, uh, that has Bluetooth capability. So it's very cool. You wave it around, kind of makes noise and so forth like a disc. It's a very cool thing. And then it also can be inserted into a remote control cycle, 
which you can kind of drive around and um, and play with and so forth. So again, I have to say kudos to the people who uh, really built this uh, built this all out. It it really is an impressive retail operation. It the store is beautifully redone. I'm sure in time it will come back to having some Space Mountain and and other Tomorrowland merchandise. But there is plenty to shop from, from keychains to T-shirts and action figures and so forth at the at the Tomorrowland Lunch Depot. And I highly, highly recommend that you check it out when you are at the Magic Kingdom. So we've talked about food and beverage, and we've had a chance to talk a little bit about retail. Now let's talk about Team Green, which is, in its essence, the post-show to Tron Light Cycle Run. So after you've gotten off your uh, light cycle, after you've retrieved your belongings in the locker, you go down a couple of long hallways and you emerge outside to what is a post-show for Tron. Now, at Shanghai Disney, I have to say, they have this massive, for as small as their retail space is, they have a massive post-show that's sponsored by Chevrolet. And in it, you have a lot of interactive, I mean, this kind of looks like Tron meets um, Communicor, or Tron meets um, uh, Innoventions. It's got lots of activities and games and things. It's, it, it is the equivalent of Test Track done Tron style. Maybe that's their post-show at Test Track done Tron style. That's, that's kind of what you get um, in Shanghai. This is much more, much more modest and is not nearly as well done. However, if you take time to study it, there's some interesting things. In the world of Tron, green circuitry, mind you, remember that you are Team Blue in the Tron experience and that you are competing against um, well, Team Orange. And so there's this competition that you that you go through trying to get through the eight gates um, as you go through the attraction. But in the world of Tron, green circuitry um, was seen in the 1982 film to represent military programs. And when Disney XD did Tron Uprising, green was actually representing the elite black guard. Here, however, Team Green represents the organization sponsoring the attraction Enterprise rental you know enterprise rental car enterprise also by the way you know enterprise is uses like avis has red and hertz has yellow enterprise has green as their key color so hence green enterprise also sponsored by the way if you if you hadn't thought about it it also sponsors the tomorrowland transit authority people mover luigi's rollicking roadsters attraction in Carsland over at disney california adventure um, ESPN over at the Wide World Sports. It does these kind of courtesy shuttle carts on site at the property. And then also they host the Ron Disney events that are happen all year round at the Walt Disney World Resort. You, um, um, that's, which really ties in nicely with some of the retail product, sportswear product that they have inside, uh, their, uh, their gift shop. Now, uh, you are welcome, as you exit the last hallway inside the building, you are welcome to Team Green as you exit the attraction. It may sound like you're kind of 
walking into a rental car facility. But don't worry, there's no counters here. The messaging, in fact, is so subtle that you probably have to search to understand it. It is a message that Enterprise wants to share about how they feel regarding their brand. And it's also a message that applies to the design and construction of Tron. And in fact, it just applies to anyone who is a member of a team in an organization or business or entity. When you enter this um, space, you are showcased with a one-of-a-kind light cycle for guests to see. The color, of course, of this light cycle is um, green on black. Um, it's more like a three-wheeled vehicle with um, only one center wheel up front. It's probably the most Instagrammable part of this entire exhibit. But if you take time to study everything around it, you find that there is a little bit more to understand. The sponsor, Enterprise, shared the following in their press release. Quote, Enterprise adopted Tron's Green Team moniker to showcase a range of programs throughout the post-show space that embody the competitive advantage and shared vision of Enterprise Holdings, which is constantly innovating to deliver an exceptional experience to meet customers' unique travel needs and preferences. Okay, I'm just going to stop. I know it sounds like a press release, right? But it goes on to say, stories about the 12 team members of Team Green will rotate throughout the display in the post-show space, providing returning users an opportunity to learn more about Team Green on future visits to Tron Lightcycle Run. Then if you look around, you see that there's this there's this display showing a picture of Team Green. Um, Team Green um, is composed of 12 individuals, but in another display, if you kind of break it apart, you'll see that only eight of them are actually named in the post-show. You have Cyclo, and you can imagine what role these individual Team Green members may, may play in the organization. Cyclo, Logic, Revo, Moto, Ion, Vector, Divac, NV, and then there are arrows on both sides suggesting if you could scroll, you'd see the other members of the team. And as I recall, I didn't touch it, but I don't think it was really scrollable. Uh, by the way, they also share a number of values that are important to Team Green which is, I think, a really important part of any team is having a shared set of values. They emphasize service, they emphasize innovation, and they emphasize accessibility, which when you think about a rental car, all three of those really does play out. Um, around the room, they actually have additional posters that showcase three of these. Now, according to their press release, they're going to move these posters around with other individuals so you get to know the other players. But let's, so you get an idea of what these players are and their role and what they do. Nexus is the innovation director. He is working cycle round to, to equip users with the most advanced technology. Nexus and the innovation team ensure maximum efficiency throughout Team Green's light cycle run. In a way, this sounds like the individual over innovation, technology, and trying to create uh, kind of the next best thing. Then another uh, poster 
in, introduces ROM, R-O-M, which is the customer experience architect. ROM and other experience architects provide Team Green with exceptional support on and off the grid, anticipating user needs before they arise. I love that idea of the anticipation aspect of that. Very important in a customer experience uh, scenario. I talk about it a lot in our program and they emphasize it here um, with, uh, um, with, uh, with ROM. And then the third poster they have is known as MODIS. MODIS is the chief mobility officer and this says its logistical expertise is essential to Team Green's success. And MODIS and other mobility experts deliver it, syncing users with light, cycle, with light cycles programmed to their needs wherever they upload. So again, what they're trying to introduce here is that our team is made of different individuals who play a unique role in helping the enterprise rental car experience to be better. They're, it's very Tron sounding, but when you dissect it and you and and you kind of search through all the wording, you you get a sense that you have a team of people with very different roles, all helping to support the experience. Indeed, like Team Green, Imagineering, who created Tron is made up of many people playing different roles. Oftentimes, one of the problems with Imagineering, when we think of Imagineering, we tend to think of the person who quote unquote comes up with the ride, or maybe is the pro the one in charge of the entire project. Um, but in truth, Imagineering, and one of the messages that I really got out of my experience with Disney, is that there is not a Walt Disney running the whole show. Rather, there are teams of individuals working together and collaborating with other teams to create the experience. In um, As Tron opened, assistant project manager, Carrie Milligan, talked about this team dynamic as she talked about Tron, which um, she's worked on different projects, but Tron holds a very special place in her heart. Um, listen as I read this from um, from her and listen for the key messages about how teams succeed. Um, quote, for this project, I've had the good fortune of partnering closely with Walt Disney uh, Imagineering talent over at Shanghai Disney Resort. In fact, our lead construction manager also worked on Tron Lifecycle Power Run in Shanghai. We were able to take key learnings from those teams and integrate them into what we accomplished here at Walt Disney World Resort. Quote, in January 2019, I headed to Shanghai with other members of the project team to spend time with the engineering services team. The trip gave us a clear sense of what we were building and the grand scale of our attraction, while also allowing me to grow closer to my team. As an assistant project manager, I always want to bring out my fellow Imagineers' best qualities. Once we're all driving towards the finish line as a united front, it's an enormously rewarding experience. The entire team is so committed to making this attraction the best it can be. Some Imagineers have written it more than 600 times just to ensure that the show is perfect. 
She finally continues on to say, quote, It's hard to believe Tron Light Cycle Run's grand opening on April 4th is just around the corner. This is a few, uh, this is a month or so ago. Getting to come to work every day and partner with a team that feels like a family has been so special. And we can't wait to bring this exciting attraction to you. Go Team Blue. Now, I think there, if you really sit, and by the way, all this is written out in DisneyInsights.com if you want to study it a little further. But I think there's some important souvenirs. And we, when we talk about souvenirs for you and your organization, in the spirit of Disney at work and in our previous podcast, we always, whenever we talked about best in business ideas, I know we've talked about food and beverage and retail, but here we're talking about the team dynamics. And and I think there's some really important concepts and ideas around team dynamics, whether you're team green, whether you're the imaginary team, or whether you are just your own, a member of your own team in your own organization or back home and we're at whatever part group you work with. Here's some of those souvenirs for your consideration. Ask yourself the following. How are we learning from what other teams have done before us? Remember, Gary talked about the idea that they went to Shanghai. And, and not only did they go to Shanghai and see the attraction, but they worked and partnered closely with the engineering services team. These are the people who got to keep that ride going and moving. And seeing this is a unique opportunity because you're bringing, not only bringing this attraction, but you have the advantage and benefit of seeing how the team who has to get this thing up and running every single day, all day long, what they're looking at and they're saying, you know, this screw here, this is not working or this typing device or this belt or this whatever, these things aren't working. We could do it much better if we did it this way and so forth. And it gives great insight as to how to build a better attraction. So you want to make sure that you have an opportunity to learn from other teams who especially have gone before you. Secondly, how are you finding both formal and informal time together to build, bond, and develop relationships of trust as a team. Joe Rohde used to talk about this all the time. And and um, and you remember the last podcast, if you haven't heard it, celebrating the 25th anniversary of Disney's Animal Kingdom. Joe took the whole team, Rick Baranji, who I'm going to talk about in a couple of weeks. We have an opportunity to interview him. He was the first zoo person brought on board. It was a small, intimate team, but they went to Africa. They went to Asia. They went and saw these places and then brought these concepts back to Disney's Animal Kingdom, which was just cattle grazing and orange groves. But the important thing is not just what they brought back. It's what they became because those experiences helped them to build and and come together and develop relationships of trust. So you have to look for those opportunities, both formally and informally, for those to, to happen. And that could be as simple as just getting together with somebody for lunch. Those kinds of things build teams. The third question, how are we fostering the strengths others bring to the table? Carrie mentions this um, in her conversation and how she really wants to bring out her fellow Imagineer's best qualities. It also harkens back to this whole concept. Even though this is an Imagineering team, Imaginary Team Green, the idea that each of these individuals holds special, a special role, a special set of strengths, they see things from a unique perspective. All those are important. You need to foster those and help others bring their strengths to the table. 
Four, how do we share the roles and responsibilities we have toward being a member of the team? And what do I mean by that? Everybody's got a different role. You're an engineer, I'm a project manager, you're an architect, you have different roles. But in my experience working with teams and working with dynamics, you have a, another set of roles too. You have a team leader, but you also have people who play different roles. Somebody often in a team, for instance, plays the critic. They're the ones who kind of sit in there, analyze and say, wait a minute, this isn't going to work. You got to think about this. Then there's other people you ought to have that ought to have roles of being an implementer. Somebody who goes and makes sure that it gets done. Somebody who is an external contact, who looks after teams' external relationships. Somebody who's a coordinator, who pulls everybody together. An ideas person who brings up new ideas and and uh, possibilities, an inspector who makes certain that we follow the standards. Remember that we talked about the standards that were listed for Team Green, which was service, innovation, accessibility, making sure those things are happening. What I'm trying to say is those are roles as important as architect, engineer, um, IT specialist, we need those roles played out and people need to take turns. One person should not be the critic all the time. People should intentionally be taking different roles so that they can they can bring um, different uh, ideas and concepts to the table. How our next question is, how are we intentionally collaborating with other teams to create the best outcome possible? Again, remember I talked about the engineering services team in in Shanghai, but let me tell you one of the most important aspects, and this is one of the things that Imagineering has learned. They can't just build something in a bubble, walk away and expect that it's gonna run every day perfectly. They gotta bring in their maintenance teams, their engineering services teams, the operations team, the people who are running this ride day in and day out. They need to come in as early into the process as possible so they become familiar, so they can see the why behind what Imagineering has done and so that they that the handoff toward making it successful um, that happens. And so there's a lot of collaborating with other teams and also other teams like retail we talked about earlier, food and beverage or marketing and, and communications. There has to be collaboration. And you have to be intentional about that. It just doesn't happen. You have to be intentional in working and collaborating with other teams. And then finally, the last question is, what are the qualities that makes a team like a family? That's kind of what Carrie talked about at the end. I have heard so many people when they leave an organization, they say something like this. Oh, I liked it a whole lot more. It used to feel like family. And I will often ask the question, what, what, did that, what did that look like? And in truth, the relationships, the communication, the accessibility of one another, the sense that you could be real and honest with each other, that you didn't have a lot of bureaucracy between each other, those things create family. Great teams are like great families. And what you want to do is you want to foster more of that as an organization. So think about those souvenirs. Again, they are listed in Disney Insights, and I think they will be a benefit to you. Um, you may not be riding Tron Coaster. You, By the way, if you have, make sure you visit our Facebook group because uh, we want to know, is it, 
between Tron and Guardians of the Galaxy, which is your favorite. And uh, if you get a chance, also share in the the, no, uh, the notes if you've tried any of the treats or if you found any of uh, the retail products that you bought to uh, be really cool and and um, and talk about what you like about those things. Or share a little bit about um, the dynamics of your team. Join us over at the Facebook page. We'll put a link on the uh, in DisneyInsights.com on the post for this podcast so you can benefit and be part of this team that uh, provides Disney Insights. Well, that does it for this Disney Insights podcast. We are glad you could join us. Make sure, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, the 25th anniversary um, of Disney's Animal Kingdom. Check out our conversation about that if you haven't heard that already. We also talk about some of the, we pull apart some of the rumors that have gone on about the uh, Magic Kingdom. We got Disneyland and, and the additions going on there with Coco and with with Tiana and so forth. Check that out. Also, we got a whole Disneyland Paris series. Make sure you listen to those podcasts as well. Make sure when you are visiting DisneyInsights.com, you subscribe and check out our Wayfinder Society, which gives you access to tools that helps you to not only um, enjoy and better understand some of the amazing things from these Disney attractions, but also provides you more of these kind of best in business. If you like this discussion about teams and everything today, you'll find so much more about that in our Patreon group as you join the upper tiers. Thanks again for joining us. As always, remember, wherever you are, wherever you go, follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.